When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, baseball and general life fans. Likely Mad as Hell is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Check out more great podcasts on foreverdogpodcasts.com. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. All right, now let's play ball. Tagging coming to the plate. Gonzalez throw to late. 4-0 Astro. To the right side. Green out at second. And got him. High fly ball to right. Raddick is there. And the Astros take game three. All right. Welcome to episode... Five if you count the bonus episode, four if you don't. Of Likely Mad as Hell, I'm Maria Butcher, your host. That was Jason Isbell in the 400 unit one more time. Give it up for them, letting us use that banger of a song. All right. Did you watch the game last night? Are you an Astros fan? You're not mad. <laughs> if you're a Dodgers fan, Dodger fan, whichever one you say, whew. Boy, oh boy. Where do we start? There's a lot of news on Twitter this morning about Yuli Gurriel. I think I'll save that for later. Because that's sort of overshadowing the game right now, as it should. However, I want to talk about the game first. So, essentially, what I thought was going to happen, happened. You Darvish did not pitch well at all for the Dodgers. And actually, you Darvish and Lance McCullers looked about the same. But what's interesting to me... Okay, so we talked about this yesterday with Paula Tompkins briefly, I think. Anyway, the people who are like, oh, I only like the National League style of play, that kind of thing. And they, they think the American League is the junior circuit, as it's so often referred to. Last night is where the American League is a bonus. A.J. Hinch doesn't... He, he didn't... Use a single pinch hitter. He didn't have to. He outmanaged Dave Roberts by making less moves. He proved to his team, which is more important, but also to the opposing team, that he trusts his bullpen. The Astros' bullpen was the biggest weakness going into this series. And see, this is where stats, like, really don't matter. You can be mad at John Smoltz for throwing that out, but, like, conventional wisdom is losing the the World Series right now. Lance McCullers walked the bases loaded, and instead of Corey Seager, 
doing exactly what every batter ahead of him had done, he tried to hit a grand slam. Double play. Dodgers just aren't making smart moves. There's a lot of weight on each hitter as opposed to working as a team. Astros are hitting like a team. Astros are playing like a team. A.J. Hinch is treating them like a team. Not a slot. A lot of people were saying after Game 2, oh, Dave Roberts always manages the same way. Well, this is what got them into that 16 out of 17 losing streak. This is the Dodger team that lost 16 out of 17 right now. And they don't have the time. They don't have the time to come back. Astros are taking advantage. Hardcore. Minute Maid Park is not a home run park. It's not Dodger Stadium. They can't hit like that. You gotta have smart at-bats, which is what the Dodgers did second time through the rotation. But I just, I know I'm all over the place with thoughts on this. Astros are playing better baseball. Astros are playing American League Baseball. Last season, last the last World Series, Cubs used the American League to their advantage with the DH. Dodgers are not doing that. Dave Roberts is not trusting his lineup. He's doing the same thing he did during that slump, slotting in and out, in and out. Chase Utley is a pinch hit for Logan Forsythe. It's probably one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Chase Utley's 0 for 26, 27 now. Logan Forsythe is hitting. He's hitting, what, 278 or something like that? He's hitting. He draws walks. He's a patient at bat. That's exactly who we needed. It was stupid. That was one of the dumbest things. As soon as he pinch hit Chase Utley, I was like, this game's over. Essentially, Dave Roberts is doing with his hitters the same thing he's doing with his bullpen. So the Astros have gotten a look at everybody. They know what's coming. And he's doing the opposite to his hitters. He's taking his hitters out on the third look and putting somebody in that hasn't been looking at these pitches. John Smoltz said something last night. He took Singrani out. That was stupid, too. You can tell his players are not happy, either. They're getting pulled and saying, really? They're demoralized now. I mean, I said Dodgers in six. This looks like Houston in five. (laughs) They haven't lost at Minute Maid Park. You have to take these things seriously. You cannot just look at numbers. You have to look at those numbers, too. They haven't lost at home. There's a reason why they haven't lost at home. I feel bad for Clayton Kershaw, personally. I would feel bad. He finally got to make his comeback, and now essentially all the pressure's on him. Alex Wood is pitching tonight. He doesn't have velocity. If the Astros can get to him as early as they did with Darvish, they're, the Dodgers are going to lose again. I mean, Puig made a mistake. I don't necessarily begrudge him that he was trying to leg out what he thought was going to be a routine ground ball to third. He put his head down and tried to beat it out. He should not have gone for two. (laughs) But I think the managerial choices were worse. Pinch hitting Andre Ethier? These are not... These are not weapons that he has. These are just hitters at this point. A.J. Hinch is proving to the Dodgers and proving to the Astros he trusts everybody on his team. Lance McCullers getting out of that bases-loaded jam. That was it, basically. Dave Roberts making a change every inning. 
it's just dumb, I think. It's just not, you're not, he's playing conventional wisdom and that's what's losing the World Series for him. So all the runs that the Dodgers scored last night were not triumphant. They were all just like sacrifice, RBI sacrifice ground outs or the wild pitch. They didn't even convert the wild pitch to anything. I mean, that's a two-run game. You wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't think it was a two-run game. That felt like a five-run blowout game, the way that was played. Astros just need to keep doing what they're doing. They'll win this World Series if they just keep playing the way they've been playing. Obviously, Brad Peacock's not going to be available, but how much of a morale boost is that to Davinsky and Giles that they didn't even have to come in and work last night? So they've got that. They've got two, essentially, closers. I know Davinsky is a middle reliever. He's a he's a bridge, but still. If, he's, if he throws well in the seventh inning tonight, he can just close it out. A.J. Hinch is playing smarter baseball right now. That's why the Astros are winning. They're playing better baseball. <laughs> Plain and simple. So, I mean, last night I was thinking... Well, they're just, they're playing better baseball, and they should be winning. So, if they win based on this, they're the better team. Dodgers have all the pieces, they're not playing them right. Cody Bellinger's not hitting well, shouldn't matter. He's surrounded by a great lineup, but when you flip and flop this lineup and pull dudes and move them around, there's no comfort level. These are the first three games, and they're playing it like it's the last three. But it might as well be their last three, you know what I mean? So anyway. I think I want to get into the Yuli Gurriel stuff, because... I mean, all the, all, the, all the moves last night, pretty straightforward. I wouldn't have made any of those moves that Dave Roberts made. Obviously, you got to pull you Darvish, though. But Kenta Maeda wasn't going to be available tomorrow anyway. I would have let him continue to pitch. I do the same thing that A.J. Hinch is doing. Match him. Move for move. Too many moves. Dave Roberts went out to the mound how many times? I cannot believe he took Singrani out either. Wasting arms. Wasting arms, wasting bats. Just not smart baseball. If they don't go back to fundamentals today, congrats, Houston. <laughs> it's been a fun season, so at least at least it's been fun, but oof, I just feel like personally. I am a cursed baseball fan. <laughs> when Brett first wrote up the uh, description for this, it said, uh, uh, long-suffering baseball fan, and I thought, like, oh, well, that seems pretty negative. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Sorry, Dodger fans, I apologize if I cursed you. Forgot to mention this. A big stat that everyone was talking about going into the World Series is how many teams have won the first game, go on to winning... The entire series. Now it's something like 70 or so teams out of 113, right? So that seems like a pretty logical, like you win game one, you win the series. To speak to what I've been saying in many episodes, baseball seems to have been restarted. It's a hundred, it's been a hundred years. We've played it for a hundred years. Everything is bound to start over again. Eventually you just have to beat everything. Everything has to change. And so last season, the team that won game one did not win the World Series. I don't think that stat matters anymore. Everything is so different. Like I said, we have so many statistics. Like I was saying to Paul on the last episode, it's almost like everything is just leveled again. 
I mean, especially given that the Astros have not lost at home. All they had to do was come home with one win, and they did that. That seems to be a good strategy to me as a team who's not lost at home in the postseason. As long as they could, I mean, that's how they beat the Yankees. All they had to do was get home, get home. And they could give up those three wins in New York. Because they were playing four at home. I mean, it seems to be a winning strategy. The Dodgers can lose the World Series in Houston. They have to come home now. So both of these games, obviously, are must-win. But that stat of... I mean, it's the same at last, last World Series. There was a stat during Game 6 or Game whatever. I can't even remember. And I'm sure you've seen it if you're a baseball fan following it. That said, the Cubs have the same percentage of chance winning as Trump does. And I remember seeing that, and as a superstitious person, I was like, please, dear God. And then it proved to be true. So I don't think any of these statistics of, like, probability of winning... I did notice that this this year, those numbers aren't popping up during the game. Those used to come up, like, Astros have X percentage probability of winning this game. Weird that it's absent now. Some numbers they're just not relying on anymore. So let's get into this Yuli Gurriel stuff. Did not see this happen last night during the game. Missed it in the game. I don't know if anybody else saw it during the game, but I just wasn't paying attention. Maybe because I was mad that he just hit a home run. (laughs) But I didn't see it. And we had some people over to watch it, and somebody texted us on a group text that that had happened. I was immediately bummed. Just bummed. I mean, it's just disrespectful. Obviously, you can, you hit a home run off of somebody that's struggling. You can rub it in. But there are ways to, I mean, just talk about yourself. You hit a home run. Why you gotta, that's just unacceptable. And what should happen to him is what would happen to him during the regular season. And that would be that he would be suspended for however many games. Two games? And I am not saying this from uh, being a Dodger fan. I'm saying this from being a baseball fan and knowing there's a lot of kids watching. <laughs> and also, like, you Darvish is watching. He shouldn't have to feel like that. He shouldn't have to feel like... You can, you can believe... You can believe that you are better than somebody. You can believe that you just embarrassed somebody. Obviously, Yuli Gurriel just, like, cranked a home run. That thing flew out of there. But that's not cool. It's not cool to to mock people for who they are. You can mock him for pitching badly. <laughs> but it's not cool to mock somebody for that. And a lot of people on Twitter are saying, like, he played in Japan. He should know better. And you know what? As, as a white person who grew up around white people, it's almost like... Now, Yuli Gurriel is not white, obviously. But sometimes when you're put in a position like that, where I'm going to make a guess here that Yuli Gurriel perhaps sees a Japanese league as less than Major League Baseball in the United States. I'm making an assumption, and I could be incorrect, but I am just talking out an example of why someone playing in a country might not make them more empathetic to those people, it might, to, that, to the people of that country, but it might make them even less empathetic. And that is because he goes and plays in this Japanese league. He might be one of, 
however many Latino guys, he might feel outnumbered by Japanese players. Maybe he didn't get along well. Maybe he feels like it's not good enough, that he's not good enough, so instead of saying, oh, I need to just play better, get back in the MLB, he externalizes it and puts it on the league. The, oh, the league is, is less than. Now, again, I'm making an assumption. But it's the same feeling I get from dudes who are not happy to play with women. They think it's less than. It's not good enough because there's women playing in a league. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Instead of saying, like, just looking at everything and tilting your worldview down to you, as opposed to saying, this is where I'm at. These are good dudes. I have an opportunity to play in Japan to get better. That's why I think he did it. And why playing in Japan didn't give him more perspective. It might have got, given him less. I mean, either way, it's unfortunate. And disgusting. Racism in any form is disgusting and shouldn't be tolerated. It's gross. It's the World Series, man. <laughs> You're playing in the World Series and you just cranked a home run in the second inning. And you gotta take somebody down like that? That's gross. It's just a real... It's a real dark spot on a bright, otherwise bright team. You know, it's just a bummer. It's a real big bummer. So anyway, so we're going into game four. Astros have a huge advantage. Just a gigantic advantage. <laughs> All they got to do is just keep doing what they're already doing. Not hard. That Singrani error... I, w I don't blame him. It's hard for pitchers to throw that far to first. And if you're like, I don't understand why. Well, pitchers are used to throwing from a mound. And when you get them that far away, it's almost the same distance as pitching. But they're not on the mound anymore. So it's hard for them to throw it. They want to throw it fast and get it out of there. Get, get, get them out at first. And so they throw a strike and it's in the dirt. I could just see it happening. So for tonight's game, I don't know how the podcast is going to work out. I'm going to be at a wedding for almost the entire game. This is going to be another weird one. It's going to be another game too. Just getting updates on my phone. Stressing out. Or not stressing out. We'll see. Side note, I did a really interesting interview with uh, KB over at ESPNW, which if you're not following ESPNW, um, you should. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, I've read a lot of great pieces. You should check them out. Um, and it was awesome to get to do a little quick interview with them. Very cool. Um, they asked me about the podcast and uh, being, you know, a quote woman in sports and also, you know, being non-binary in sports and what that's like and my hopes for the future. So if you want to hear those thoughts, it's on my Twitter. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, it's at Maria Butcher, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R. And my Instagram is exactly the same. But it's been a great, uh, it's been a great World Series. Not great for Dodger fans necessarily. I hope they can make those adjustments. I really do think, I mean, it's just a repeat of of the slump, man. It's not great. They're looking defeated. They're not looking good. Aegon, man, he Wally pipped the Dodgers again. 
I really do think him coming up in game two. It's just, there's something going on there. I don't just mean like, oh, his presence is bad luck. I mean, something, he's bringing something into the clubhouse that's making people feel bad. I think maybe they feel bad that he's not with them, that he hasn't been a part of this. I think there's some guilt that's like happening for these guys, and then they just can't shake it when it's game time. And when he's not around, it's a lot easier for them to to forget about it. I mean, it's just like, how how much perfectly could it line up that Adrian Gonzalez shows up right before Rich Hill's game? And it's like the perfect game all over again. It took them a month and a half to recover from that. They don't have a month and a half right now. Alex Wood has to give them six innings tonight, and I don't think he's got it. I think the Astros win again tonight. And then if we go to Kershaw tomorrow, oh boy. It's a must win on Kershaw, and I don't know. That's not great for him. I just think even on game one, Kershaw wanted to go back out for the eighth, and Dave pulled him anyway. He's not listening to his players. And when the players don't think their coach, their manager is listening to them, they don't play well. They're just not executing plans. They're trying to hit home runs. You can't hit home runs in that park. I hope they make that adjustment. They just hit for contact. There's a lot of pull ball hitters on the Dodgers. Seager, Turner. Even Taylor can pull a ball. I think he needs to... They all need to go in a lot less aggressive. They didn't, couldn't establish a zone early on. And then pulling all those pitchers and flipping the bullpen, then you're never going to establish a zone. Singrani was getting there with his zone. They pulled him too quick. And Brad Peacock, I did not expect that from him. I had him throughout the season. I picked up multiple Houston Astros back-end rotation. And they were mediocre. But whatever A.J. Hinch is saying to them is working. He's doing a much better job. To me, the MVP of this series is A.J. Hinch. <laughs> He's managing very well. He's he is A.J. Hinch is managing the game that is in front of him. Dave Roberts is managing the games down the street. Dave Roberts is managing for Game 7. And that's not... He, he is missing the forest for the trees. Or he's seeing the forest, but he can't even see the trees. Whichever. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I will say that near Grand Slam made me almost have a heart attack. But at that point, it didn't even matter. Dodgers just couldn't get any momentum. Astros held on to all of it. <sighs> well... We're moving into game four. My prediction is that it's Astros six to two. We'll see though. If Cody does his, if Cody draws lines in the batter's box, we'll have a different game. I will say that. If you see Cody Bellinger ask for an extra second, flip his bat around and draw a line from the back of home plate through the batter's box, we'll have a different game. But if you don't see that, Astros six two. Watch for Alex Wood also on the mound. If he bounces his head back and forth like he's singing a monkey song, <laughs> he's not in the game. 
And we don't have Kenta Maeda to go to. We got Watson, I guess. So, we'll see. Sorry for the 20-minute episode. (laughs) But that's pretty much all I got. I don't know. I do have some suggestions for non-baseball stuff. I watched um, some pretty interesting stuff on my on my plane ride back from New York. I watched a documentary from 2015 called The Witness, which is one that has been on plane screens for quite some time, and it always seems too intense for me to watch. And you know what? It was super intense. I did cry on that flight. <laughs> but it is a documentary that is is well-made and is highly personal, highly human, and really dives into narrative and stories and how we're human and how humans can affect lives, essentially. But it's a tremendous documentary with an ending that is a gut punch. And uh, I would highly recommend it. If you're in a place where you feel like you can watch something about... Um, it's about Kenny Ge- Kitty Genovese, who was stabbed to death in 1964. And her brother, one of her brothers, essentially goes out on a search to see... The story of her death sort of transcended her life. And he basically tries to bring some humanity back to her, his sister in trying to find the story and find the truth and find what actually happened to prove whether the narrative that transcended her life was true or not. Um, he, he finds some personal healing. And it's, it's just kind of one of those documentaries where you're like, oh, this is what documentaries are for. <laughs> Um, but it isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to watch. I wouldn't say, if you're sad about baseball, watch this. But if you are looking for something that's going to make you feel a lot, I highly recommend it. So that's my recommendation, if you can get to it. Also, if you haven't seen the documentary Fastball, it's on Netflix now, narrated by Kevin Costner, so if you're a baseball movie fan, it feels perfect. But it's all about the fastball. And it's pretty wild. It's a pretty fascinating documentary about a pitch, which is pretty cool. Um, And there's a great section with Bob Gibson in there that is just tremendously powerful. The Bob Gibson section of Fastball is is an amazing partner to the Jackie Robinson section of the No-No, a documentary. Putting those together, it's so easy to look back at history and really whitewash it. Because white people construct a lot of the narrative. They overpower the narrative often, I would say that at least. You know, we look back at Jackie Robinson and just say, Oh, what a what a nice thing he did. We don't talk about the violence that he had to deal with every day. And I do mean violence. People screaming at him, and throwing things at him, threatening him and his family. You know, we don't talk about that. We just talk about the number and the fact that he played baseball. Jackie Robinson was the first rookie of the year ever, in baseball. He also had to do something no one else has ever had to do. No one talks about that. What he had to go through 
the experience of that. Everyone talks about how he did it the right way. I can't even imagine what he had to go through to keep that inside. And it's unfair that he had to keep his head up while people treated him like... Like they did. Like less than human, I'm sure. And the Bob Gibson section of fastball... He's a pitcher. Different kind of different kind of thing. So anyway, those are my recommendations. And uh, I say Astros 6, Dodgers 2. But I wouldn't be surprised by a shutout. <laughs> so let's see. We got the World Series. Game 4 tonight. I will see you guys tomorrow. If you liked it, you liked it. Thanks, Paul F. Tompkins, for reminding me of my catchphrase. See you all later. Bye-bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe Dog. to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.